0: This is episode two of Dad College. I'm Dave, he's Cam, and joining us tonight is our third podcaster, Nick. Nick, this is the first time you and I have done something like this together. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you introduce yourself to those who are tuning in and joining us for class tonight.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for having me, gentlemen. I feel very honored to be here. And yes, Dave, I feel like I've listen to many of your podcasts as a part of Super Mega Corp and this is the first time that we've actually been able to meet so in a virtual sense that's pretty cool but yeah yeah very excited yeah very honored to be here <clears throat> um, and hopefully i can bring some some knowledge to this discussion um, just a little bit about myself i i am a dad i have a daughter uh, named Emma She turned two in December, so she is two going on 16, which has been a lot of fun. (laughs) And I have um, another daughter on the way who will be here in late July. So very excited about that. Um, Pretty much convinced that I'm going to have four girls, um, which is going to be fantastic. (laughs) But I... (laughs) It's a little petrifying as well. So, um, a little bit about me. I'll give, I guess, a little bit, and if you guys want me to add anything, just let me know. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm really good friends with Cam. I went to uh, college with him at Taylor University. Uh, he was a, a year older than me in school, but fun fact, I'm actually a few months older than him in real life. So, it's true. We always we have that weird. Uh, quirk about us, but I'm I'm almost the same age as his wife, so
2: yeah, you're a whole day older than she. Yeah, a whole
1: day older. So yeah, Cam and I go way back um, from the time way way before we were actually dads. Um, very very <laughs> mature young adults, um, always, you know. I'm glad
2: that's how you remember
1: it. <laughs> that's how I like to remember it. You know, always using our time very productively and. <laughs> um, concentrating on very you know important things at all times but
2: academic pursuits that never involved xbox or playstation
1: yes many leather bound books were read and <laughs> many theological ideologies were discussed um over over the fires in the living room but but yeah cam and i have kind of stayed in touch over the years and um Yeah, I guess I just like brief me, I grew up in Indiana, uh, East Central Indiana, so I liken myself to a a Midwesterner, especially now that I live on the East Coast um, in Northeast Philadelphia, which is a little bit different than where I grew up, but it's been great. We've been out here, my wife and I moved out here uh, about, it was the summer before Emma was born in December. So we we got married in December of 2013 and then had Emma in December of 2014. So we had had a year um, on our own, which was great, but we also were very excited to have Emma. And yeah, it's been a great experience, a wild ride. It's amazing how fast two years goes, but also at the same time, it's hard to remember life before having a kid, if that makes any sense, but... Yeah. Anything else? A- anybody that has
0: a kid is nodding their head in agreement right yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a very <laughs> weird time. Is just a, I don't even comprehend it anymore. And I know I've had people say this to me that before you know it they're you know twelve or thirteen, and I'm just like I cannot even fathom that right now, like because that's that's the age that I'm petrified of. Yeah, you know, I feel pretty <laughs> confident right now. Yeah, I think I've most of the times I feel like I think. I have things under control, but, but yeah, she's, yes, like I said, she's going on 16 and I'm just trying to figure out things day by day, but it's fun. Love her to death. She's a good kid. I don't want to disparage it too much, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here to, like you guys said last week, which really enjoyed the first show, by the way, just wanted to make sure that you. you guys knew that, but, yeah, I'm here to offer. Obviously, I've been a dad a very short amount of time. I've learned a ton in that time, but I also um, have so much more to learn. So I wanna, I come very uh, humbly to this uh, to this show, but <laughs> I'm also excited to yeah, just uh, converse and to hear from others and continue on as we go forward in this. So
0: great. All right. Well, thanks for sharing, Nick, and it's good to learn a little about you and have you along uh, for the ride. Uh, Cam, Yes. if people would like to support us, how could they support Dad College and even SuperMegaCorp.net?
2: Oh, many much ways, Dave. Uh, If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do that on iTunes or Google Play Music or in your podcast app of choice. Maybe you stumbled across this on YouTube. You could subscribe there, too. Or, if what we've done on this show or on some of our other shows on the network, uh, Nick and I host Mendoza Line, Dave and I host Masterclass, and It's a Trap, which is still a show, I promise. Uh, If you want to subscribe to those shows, that'd be awesome, too. But if you want to give us money, I'd be okay with that. Yes. And that can be done at patreon.com slash super megacorp. And we've got subscriptions uh, to patronage that started a buck
0: per month. That's a deal.
2: Well, and here's here's the here's the rub, ladies and gentlemen. We're not in this to get rich. There, we don't have enough people that listen. Oh, wait on
1: there. We're not.
2: <laughs>
0: I,
1: I think I'm out. We all I, have I daughters. Come out. on, Cam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: well, there's a difference between being filthy rich and paying for college. Like those. <laughs> okay. Apparently, we are in this to get rich, and I've been misled. <laughs> but the idea is, if what we do, what we write, what we film, what we talk on our podcast about if that provides a little value to you and you want to provide uh, some support to us in a monetary way, that'd be great. If not, that's cool too. You can still listen and read and watch totally for free.
0: But Yeah. And give us feedback.
2: That actually is probably worth more than the money. I would agree. Yes. Because we want to get better.
0: Absolutely. All right, Cam, thanks for that. So we're going to move on to our gen ed classes here, our core uh, curriculum, so to say. And uh, Cam, I understand that you have some ideas for us in the area of games and fun things to do. All right. Besides
2: teaching your kids that, you know, horses moo and cows whinny just so they go to school and they're that kid, (laughs) um, permanently scarring them. (laughs) Cats, cats bark, and dogs meow. You know, just set them up for success.
0: How fun would that be to do that?
2: Oh, you think? I'm, I'm not kidding. I've got a, I've got an infant that is ripe for messing up.
1: <laughs> oh, Emma thinks that lambs moo. Still,
2: <laughs> it works. It's great.
1: I'm actually trying to fix that, but it doesn't seem to be <laughs> working.
2: Um. <laughs> So my sister sent a different video which we'll get to later. I just messed up, but we're going to move on. Uh I found this video on the internet of this dad who apparently is very handy uh, unlike me. And we'll have a link to this video in the show notes, but this guy took uh fun creative time with his kids to a epic level he built to a child what would be a life-size AT-AT from Star Wars in their backyard
0: oh my god you
2: can the the belly of it comes down into a oh. ramp and they can walk up into it inside and like control it and it's uh cooler than anything I ever had as a kid dad
0: so he did this for all three kids all all of his kids have one, or
2: no, no. There's just one giant oh, one. Okay, the, but they all can fit in it. Cool. So it's like a treehouse on Star Wars steroids, and so the whole video is like a DIY thing. It's really cool.
1: For uh, for those of us that aren't nerds, what is an ATAT?
2: <laughs> I love how you're pretending right now not to know what one is. That's real cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just trying to help, but, you know.
2: Yeah, it's okay. So, Empire Strikes Back. They're on Hoth, the ice planet. It's the it's the second original Star Wars movie, Episode Five, if we're being technical. <laughs> and an AT-AT is this giant um, troop mover that looks kind of like if you took a camel <laughs> and strapped guns to its cheeks, <laughs> made it out of metal and it was like 80 feet tall. Nice. Yeah, I'm trying to paint a mental picture here, (laughs) Nick.
1: (laughs) That was very good. (laughs) So,
2: obviously, the one in the backyard is not that big, but it's worth watching the video. Um, Not to shame you that you haven't done this for your own kids, but to perhaps spur your... Uh, imagination for how you can take the things that your kids find to be just the coolest things ever and bringing that into their everyday life, probably on a much smaller scale. But I think it serves as a good reminder that uh, serving the imagination of your kids is one of the most important things you can do for them while they're young. Yes. And I think that's where we want to drive this conversation, I think.
0: And I will just say that I do not have DIY skills. And so my creative way of doing this was saving the really big boxes that things came in. Because really big boxes are an easy way to make a really fun fort for your kids. And uh, Olivia in particular did this quite a bit. Because in addition to being a fun fort, give them a box of markers and they can decorate it any way they want on the outside. So, hang on to those big boxes because they are a wonderful way to make a fort. You can cut windows in them. You can make doors and your kids can decorate them on the outside or ain't on the inside. So, yeah.
2: You know what's sad is I never really actually thought about the whole marker part. That's genius.
1: That's that's why that's why we're the <laughs> we beginners here, Cam. We just can't I just I wouldn't have thought of it either.
2: I'm afraid if I gave Kennedy a marker, she'd stick it in her eyeball or in her mouth. Right now, <laughs> fine motor control is not her, <laughs> not her uh, skill set just yet.
1: Yeah, we're not quite there yet. <clears throat> we did. Um, we bought a, a her car seat box. This was when she was transitioning out of her newborn one. We, uh, yeah, that was one of the big boxes we kept. We actually cut a hole out of it. And I would, I would walk around in it and act like a robot. And I mean, she was a year old, so, I mean, she still thinks I'm funny. So, I mean, we're we're not past that stage yet, but just cutting a hole in it and walking around and talking like a robot was, um, yeah, it, it really made her laugh. So, but yeah, the fort, that's a great idea.
2: Cool. All right. My sister sent in another video. Last week, it was dads dancing with their babies class. Uh, This one, however, is a dad that um, set up a braiding class to teach other dads how to braid their daughter's hair as just one way for dads to connect with their young daughters in an unusual or non-manly way. And I I just thought it was uh, a very um, simple and clever way for a dad to spend more time with his daughter, but also in that um in that way convey his love and his care for her. Um, you know, in a way that most dudes would be like, I'm not braiding my kids' hair That's how I assume most men talk, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I think I think just Tim Allen.
2: <laughs> well, I mean he is from Detroit, so Oh <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, I'm going to throw this piece out there in terms of of dealing with little girl's hair. The first thing that you need to learn is how to brush the hair. So, the whole, like, even braiding thing, that's like lesson five and six of dealing with the (laughs) hair. (laughs) A couple of things. One, if you wash the hair and you use conditioner, easier to brush. Mm. There's also a no-tangle spray out there that you can use. And I'm no expert on hairbrushes. Ask your wife, whoever can give you input on this. But there are brushes, combs, things that are easier to use than others. And so I found don't pick up the first thing, assuming that it's going to be the best thing to brush the hair with. Sometimes there's variations, versions of the brush or whatever that'll make it. uh, Because I'll tell you this, I learned with my first daughter that if you go down that road, even if you do it right from then on, it could be absolute torture for her to have dad brush her hair or even (laughs) touch her hair. So be aware that there's kind of these, uh, if you're not a girl and you've never had long hair and never had to brush it, there's a lot of nuances to that that maybe we can get into down the road.
1: (laughs) Now, Dave, if you can remember back the stage where they are very independent and they want to do everything themselves. How do you convince them that it's not the best idea for them to brush their own hair, but to allow allow dad to do that? Because that's, that's my biggest issue that I've run into right now in brushing her hair. Yeah, you, you can figure
0: that one out. You <laughs> let me know. That's <laughs> <laughs> Convincing a two-year-old to do anything can be once they get set on what they want to do can be pretty stinking tough to do. Yes,
1: definitely. So does she, does she, does she, does she she fight you when you want to brush it or you need to brush it? Well, the, um, distraction method is, I think the thing that's been the easiest with it, but she just, especially with dressing herself and not as much with the brushing, but definitely we've had times of that. Um, Just like tonight, I was getting her ready for bed, and she wanted to put her pants on. And she was trying to put both of her feet into one leg. And I was trying to convince (laughs) her that, no, this was not correct. And they're also backwards. So this was a solid (laughs) two minutes of trying to convince her that, no, if you just let me hold it up, you can stick your legs in. um, And it will actually go on, and it won't be as tight as when both of your legs are in one Um, side of the pant but we got there and then came the socks which was another whole ordeal so after about 30 seconds of frustration she finally let me do it but I guess that's one of the um, letting her have some independence but also experience maybe a little bit of failure and then coming into the rescue I don't know
0: yeah I I think there's definitely that element of you got to give them the the time to just experiment, try to figure it out for themselves until they do fail. Two, there's sometimes where it's just, hey, I'm dad and you're going to do what I say. And then there's even that, you know, you can make a game out of it. You can have fun with it. I know in terms of brushing the hair, one of the things that did work with one of my girls was to let her brush my hair first and then I would brush her hair. So I don't know if that was something that would work for you, but kind of gives them the opportunity to be in control for a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's... It's always fun, though. Um, It'll get better, I know. But definitely the stage of independence, it's very interesting to watch. (laughs) She's learning that she can actually do things for herself, which is great. Yes. But she is not very efficient yet. So.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, in her defense, she's only two.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, that's true.
0: And and I just want to say from my experience was everybody who's talked about the terrible twos, I thought 3 was way worse than 2. <laughs> that's what every, that's what I've heard. The thrashing
1: threes are worse.
2: Yeah. Super. Well, uh hopefully that was um just a quick um conversation that that hopefully um spurred some ideas or um some thoughts in your head um as you listen. Um and then if so, you know, we'd love for you guys to get in contact and let us know uh, your ideas. Or if you, you know, especially like with Nick's question about, you know, how do you how do you encourage your your toddler to just just listen a little bit? <laughs> uh, you can get uh, all of us on Twitter. Dave's at David J. Hoag. Nick is at double Coatsy, E. I'm at Cam Brennan, or you can email us hello at supermegacorp.net and just put Dad College in the subject line because we want to know. We don't know everything. I mean, I like to think that we do, but,
0: you know, what are you going to do? We do not. Nope. All right. So, guys, let's uh, jump into our topic here. Cam, Nick, what would you say were your biggest concerns about being a dad?
2: I'll go first. Yeah,
1: this is probably fresh for you, Cam.
2: Uh I think my biggest concerns were um probably related to money. Kids are expensive and uh I'm kinda selfish when it comes to money. <laughs> and uh I mean I-, I wasn't genuinely worried about like actually raising the kid part. Um I guess one of my, my my other big concerns was, like, being overly emotional when it came to the kid. Because, like, as Meredith got more and more pregnant, I would, like, think about it. And I'd be, like, driving. Like <laughs> Just, like, be a mess. And then we got to the hospital, and she was in labor. And I was, like, totally even-keeled the whole time. And that's when I was, like, oh, okay. That's not going to be a problem. Um, so I, I think, yeah my biggest concerns were probably just finances and how we were going to handle that and what was going to have to change. And we're kind of going through all that now. And we actually just sat down and totally redid our budget and like, are actually going to stick to it like real adults and just trying to figure out, you know, what expenses are important and how we can provide for her at a young age and continue to do so as she gets older and just trying to figure out, you know, how all of the pennies we have are going to actually work, which is a really important thing to do. It turns out. Um. But then I think secondarily to that is, is how am I going to mess her up? Like what, what baggage and issues of mine am I going to inadvertently hand over to her for her to deal with? Um, And I think as she gets older, I mean, she's only, you know, three months old at this point, but I can see that as she gets older, that is going to very quickly move up to my biggest concern about being her dad is what am I doing that is causing you know serious damage (laughs) to her uh, you know soul because that's like stuff that you can't really undo without a lot a lot a lot a lot of work and you know the less I can screw her up the better I think
1: no I totally I totally empathize with that with both of those things um i I guess I'll jump in here I you know I think I'm going all the way back to when I found out as well I I had those concerns especially because I was in I was in grad school at the time job searching so that added to the the pressure of that uh, making sure that kind of got things figured out on that end to be able to you know present her with a good place to live and be able to take care of all that Um, but I think as the uh, yeah the process played out, I think I just seeing how small she was. I was very, you know, concerned at the beginning about just how fragile, um, and just kind of noticing how fragile life was. You know, you, you hear stories, horror stories. Everyone was, I remember everyone told me their their like birth horror stories, of like, That's not <laughs> of helpful. like the mom was bleeding to <laughs> death. You know, because the. fingernails clawed something on the way out or I'm just like why are you telling me this right now this is not helping but you know she luckily she was she was pretty healthy as a small child she did get I remember she got croup when she was yeah she was just over a year old and just waking up and hearing her struggling to breathe that was like one of the scariest moments of my life um, which ended up you know, it's just one of those things you learn that it's fairly normal, and there are some things that you can do to help without even going to the hospital. But um, just, I guess, providing the physical and emotional protection for her, I think, was always on the forefront of my mind. Uh, making sure, yeah, I protected her from other kids who were sick, or if I was sick, making sure that as much as I could that I, you know, stayed away from her so she wouldn't get the sicknesses because she just seemed so small and I was just like what is that going to do to her body um so yeah I think that was one thing and I think the other thing was because we we were so far away from family I and mean, you know we're 9 hours from the closest family member so kind of especially when we first moved out here it kind of felt like we were all on our own um you know we had we had kind of decided that you know Lauren was going to stay at home with with Emma uh, she wasn't gonna you know try to find a job or anything like that, <clears throat> which worked for our family, but definitely the concerns of the effect of that on on my wife um having to be at home all the time and um and yeah, just being able to continue to provide for them and financially for it all to work out, but also yeah, I guess caring for Lauren in the sense of you know i I was out doing things experiencing doing fun things but for work um Whereas she's kind of, you know, stuck at home sometimes. I think I definitely had some concerns about that. And then her not having the family support that, you know, sometimes people have when they're stay-at-home moms or whatever and family is close by they can go visit or whatever. But, you know, that's definitely gotten better with, you know, the the church that we're involved in and friends and all all that becoming more involved and helping and babysitting and so on. But um, I think those are the two things initially that really stuck out to me about, you know, that really concerned me. So
0: Yeah, and I, I too can relate to all those. Uh finance was a big issue. Just the health and well being of the child was a big issue. We were also nine hours away from the closest family member. And so all those things really came into play. I think the thing that one of my biggest fears, maybe even more than just a concern, was something happening to my wife you know, I I always kind of had this like, okay, we're going to do this as a partnership. I've got my wife. She knows what she's doing. I'll I'll do the guy thing. And, but if I really thought about, wow, Melissa, something could happen to Melissa and I could be on my own. And that just absolutely uh, terrified me. Um, the other thing that I was always really worried about was having super rebellious teenagers and just, uh, this this desire to because i've seen people that i thought were good parents and did all the right things and yet when their kids hit those teenage years they were just horrible for them and so far so good for me i've got one daughter that's 20 and the other one is 16 and the 16 year old gives a little bit of olivia i'll refer to her as olivia her name she gives me a little bit of attitude every now and then mom and dad attitude but she is really a wonderful kid. And so very fortunate at that a- episode or that. Uh, what's the word I was looking for? I don't even know what the word I was looking for. And then we still have Willby, So hopefully he won't totally go crazy on us in the next 10 years.
2: That's probably a safe bet that he
1: won't.
0: Yeah. So. All right. So I'm going to jump to the next question here and just ask. Were your concerns valid? Were the things that you worried about about being a dad did they have they played out? Have you seen some of that, or or is the verdict still out?
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, I think my concerns are still valid. Considering we just redid our budget two days ago, like that's a <laughs> fresh, you know, like okay, we just got to stick with it, and you know, and in, in two years we're gonna be, you know, barring anything unforeseen you know major surgery house exploding you know things are going to take all of the money away um but you know we're, we're taking the steps there you know we've already got a uh, an investment account in her name with just a little bit of money in it but like we're starting to do things that hopefully are going to allow us to provide for her and her seven younger siblings.
0: <laughs> Weird that mayor.
2: <laughs> I think we started too late to get to that number. <laughs> um and then yeah, I still I mean I know myself and I know my glitches. And I know that growing up in a house where, you know, I'm in charge. Those glitches are going to become well known to her as well. Uh, so yeah, I think those concerns are unfortunately valid.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like some of it, I've I've become definitely more rational in just thinking through and seeing how things have, have played out. Um, and just remembering that, you know, within everything else in my life, you know, I I confess and say that I'm not in control of certain things, you know, with that happened to me. So, you know, if I believe in the Lord and that he's good, that he will protect, you know, my child in those ways as well. So just, you know, the, the irrational fears of things out of my control, I think I got a better grasp of, you know, I can't spend my entire life worrying about those things. Like, I do what I can. I make sure I provide and protect as I am able and take those things very seriously. And then everything else I just have to trust in. Um, But also, yeah, I think things got better with just the community aspect of, you know, having people surrounding us that we knew cared about us. And the old saying of it takes a village um, to raise a child, I think really buying into that of making sure that we are okay. You know, when people offer to, to babysit that we trust and, um, let give them, a, give them those opportunities. My wife sometimes feels bad that we're inconveniencing people, but you know, letting people, other people into her life. And she's got a lot of other kids in our church her age that she gets to hang out and play with. So, and we watch the other, you know, the other family's kids as well. So that's a fun aspect of it. You know, being able to see that play out over the last couple of years, but I think, yeah, I, I, Dave, what you said about raising an unruly child—I think that that's that's also a fear. And, um, but again, I think just trying to do everything I can now and surround her with good people and protect her and her innocence. And then outside of that, like, I don't know, there's some of that that's out of my control. But, um, yeah. But yeah, it's been fun.
0: All right. On the flip side, we're going to take a look at what we each found to be the most exciting or what we were most excited about in anticipation of being a dad. And I'm just going to give my answer here real quick. I I was excited. I think my parents did a wonderful job and um, appreciate everything that they did for me. Love them to death. Both Melissa and I came from divorced families and so I was very excited to get to have my own family and have this desire of not getting divorced (laughs) and you know there's no guarantee even with that you just never know but I was very excited to work very hard at my marriage to stay married to my wife to love my wife And to raise my kids in a home where they didn't have to worry about where they're going to spend the summer, who they're going to be with at Christmas, where they're at this weekend compared to next weekend, and that sort of thing. And I was probably very naive in that, but that's really what I was most excited about, was having my own family uh, and being able to raise my kids in the church. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, um, and so, uh, again this idealistic kind of perfect life that I thought we were going to have didn't happen. But I think we've been very blessed and very fortunate in everything that we've experienced. So Nick, what would you say is something that you were excited about before you were a dad and how has that kind of played out for you?
1: Yeah, I was, I think one of the things that I, you know, you just picture in your mind, the scene of coming home from work and opening the door and you're, your child just being so excited to see you and running and, you know, hu- hugging your leg. So I think that's like starting to happen now. And it's just been such a great feeling. And, you know, the first year or so as a dad, there's a lot of times you just feel <laughs> kind of useless. You don't really do much. <laughs> you just, I guess, provide emotional support for your life. But I know we did stuff. I I changed a lot of diapers, so I was productive, but <clears throat> you know, the the mother is definitely the more important parent figure in that, um, in that situation, uh, providing her life and nourishment and all those good things. But I think I'm now just, you know, coming up on the extremely fun part of being a dad and just being able to converse and talk with my child and, um, connect with them on a deeper level. You know, she's starting to say words and I can ask her questions and she says yes or no. And, it's just been so much fun, and I love it, and I can't wait to grow in that and um, just have fun, do some fun things together as a family. Uh, it's been fun having one child, but even I think adding a second will be, it will really feel like, a, you know, when we go on family outings, having both of the kids there, watching them play together. I covered a lot of things, but there's a lot of things I am very, I've always, you know, I've always been excited to be a dad. Have I was blessed to have very good influences in that regard and, um, I have a great wife who is, a you know, outstanding mom. So I feel very blessed with the, the family that we have right now. So just continuing to watch, watch us grow and go through whatever life brings at us and just really, you know, trying to fight against the, the culture of, you know, you go out and see the families that are, you know, they're at, you know, a dinner and they're all, disconnect from each other because they're on their technology or something I, I really want to have and I'm excited about just being able to be intentional with each other and do fun things together as a family and so hopefully hopefully that progresses in that way but yeah there's there's so much to be excited about and so many great things about being a dad and I feel like I'm just brushing the the surface so I don't even know if I can fully comprehend what's to come but I guess that's a great part of it <laughs>
0: yes it is how about you Kim?
2: uh not to be the one who seems like he's taking this not seriously but <laughs> honestly being goofy oh, i saw with my i kids, saw your video
1: last week so yeah that like, was hilarious is that, we didn't put that out there
2: <laughs> yeah i'll put that in the show notes like you guys know me i'm a goofball like I always make stupid jokes which now that I'm a dad are officially dad jokes and I'm totally okay with it. Smooth transition for uh, you there. Yeah, exactly. My jokes are at least 20% funnier now that I have a kid. Um but even just at as young as she is, her personality is starting to blossom a little. She smiles and giggles all the time. And so even at this young age, I'm able to dance and make funny noises and like we little you know dance parties and we make funny faces in the mirrors and make those stupid videos on the phone and it's just a ton of fun because if i had to do that with my wife she'd be like okay stop (laughs) like i'm i'm busy doing something productive and it's not because she's not fun or goofy she is but i'm that way all the time and she's a real adult (laughs) um so i mean i'm just looking forward to Her personality coming out, her ability to interact, you know, using words and and really just encouraging that sort of, uh, you know, that child's mentality of just play and letting her discover, you know, what she likes, whether it's, you know, science or art or music or athletics or engineering or whatever it is that gets her excited. I want to be able to do that with her. So hopefully it's not engineering because <laughs> she'll surpass me quickly there. Um, but I, my, I think the thing that I am most excited is just getting to be a kid with her in the appropriate moments and then being able to step back and say, okay, I have to be dad now um, and trying to f- figure that out. When, when to be playful and when to be um instructional or disciplinary um, and that sort of stuff and i mean i agree with everything that you guys said like <laughs> totally but i mean come on making forts like we talked about at the beginning that's gonna be awesome
0: because now you have an excuse for doing yeah, that again.
2: exactly or or watching her face the first time that she uh sees a water balloon explode or you know just watching her experience life for the first time the first time she gets to eat brisket here in kansas city (laughs) like Like, it's that little stupid stuff that i'm just excited about because i get to watch someone experience life for the first time and that's the good side and the bad side is heartbreak and pain and that's that's the sobering side of it but Mm -hmm. that's that's what life is
0: Well, that sound means it's time for the final exam.
2: Nick, you're on the hot seat, buddy. Okay, I'm ready. We got five questions for you. Number one What's your favorite color? Blue. Hmm,
1: very masculine.
2: Question number two How has becoming a dad changed your marriage?
1: Wow, that is a good question.
2: Set you up with a softball. <laughs> you did. It like, high, was like high and tight. <laughs> It was like
1: this big, nice arcing softball and then 99 mile an hour fastball right down the middle. Um, <clears throat> it has, yeah, un- undoubtedly changed my marriage, but I think that it has been very good. We, um, yeah, just kind of referencing the transition that we made um, to a whole new place, going through the pregnancy in a in a new place and then having Emma i think that for my marriage it has for me challenged me in you know my wife is a very big quality time person and with a child um quality time doesn't really happen uh when they're around it's just because that we are very distracted and there're things that are um you know taking our attention away from each other so you know, I've really had to learn that, you know, just being in the same room together is not sufficient for my wife um, <laughs> to get the quality time that she needs. And it's a running joke between the two of us of, of what quality time actually means. And it's not just sitting and watching a baseball game together, even though that's like my dream. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's challenged us to be more intentional, to, yeah, to go out um, on dates just together. get out of the house um almost in a sense not that we don't love our child but to yeah almost get away from them um for a little bit and to disconnect and reconnect with each other to really uh, make sure that that our marriage is going strong and that we're communicating well um but yeah oftentimes too it's it's sacrificing you know for her, you know, because she is, she stays at home and she works really hard, and you know, she just affirming her in that and that she is doing something extremely valuable than that. Just because I go and work every day, that she is, you know, her job is just an important, important, which it is. It's even more important. Um, but just making sure to give her the time to get out and do, you know, things that she enjoys to do um, away from the house. So you know, that's you know, babysitting, watching. Emma while she can go to do fun things even you know maybe it hasn't been a hard day Um, so just sacrificing for her but I I think it's all been very good and it's really hit me where I'm very selfish in some certain areas so it's been very humbling in that sense so um, you can definitely see where having a could be a kid can be very bad for your marriage if you don't if you're not intentional in certain areas Um, because then it just becomes about the kid and you kind of lose the uh, husband and wife in that uh, scenario, which is bad all the way around.
2: All right. Question number three. If I were to ask your kids when they graduate high school, what does your dad stand for? What would you want them to say?
1: Well, I would hope that they would say that, um, that their dad was driven by his faith in the Lord and that he sought to bring them up in that, um, and that mindset and that worldview of, of high standards, but not, you know, a legalistic type of thing of, of mercy and grace, love and forgiveness, um, accepting them for who they are, um, despite their, you know, their faults, their quirks, their mistakes, um, being there to loving them enough to discipline them, uh, to grow up as they should, but also um, really, I guess, doing things, spending time with them. Yeah. I think in a sense of that, I cared more about my family than about anything else, you know, my job, uh, making money, prestige, you know, whatever it may be that the, that my family and that I was a good husband and I was a good father.
2: All right. Question number four. Who's going to win the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship?
1: Well, my wife's family are huge KU fans, and they Mm. actually just lost.
2: Yeah, how'd their game go today? Yeah, they lost today.
1: So, you know. I'd just like to note that the last two
0: teams to, to win, to lose the first round of their divisional championship, or their conference championship, went on to win the national championship.
2: Really?
1: I guess that's encouraging. Yes. Yeah, so I, w- I mean, I was feeling pretty good about KU until today, but they were also missing one of their best players. But you know, for for my wife, I will say that Kansas will win it all.
2: That's depressing. Um, <laughs> and question number five: What do you want listeners to get out of this show?
1: I want listeners to feel. <clears throat> Like, this is a, uh, yeah, just a resource for them to just understand that, you know, while being a dad is difficult at times, and I think especially in our culture today, being a good father figure is even more important, Um, and just being a steady presence and the crumbling of the family structure, that there are people who um Especially us on this podcast, others that will come as guests and you know people in our lives that we know that are great fathers and but I've also had struggles and I've learned from things that being a dad is worth it and being a dad is humbling and it's hard to be a good dad without help um, or support or wisdom from others you know I don't think I would be a very good dad without the wisdom and experience that I saw in my father and in um, my grandfathers and from other people that I've got, I've been blessed to get to know that I've been fathers for a long time and also yeah people younger um, who have you know maybe have just started out or are, are new dads but it's still like care enough to um, do the right things and uh, to want to learn to want to grow so Just that this place would be, you know, this podcast would be a resource and a place to learn. Um, And, yeah, that that part of the feedback is that we want to hear from people and their experiences, you know, that I want to be first and foremost honest and that I don't know very much about what it means to be a good dad. I I know I have two years of experience. That's nothing. So I'm excited about it because I want to hear from others and different family dynamics, uh, different experiences, single dads um, so on and so forth, because I think there is so much to learn um, from every experience and every experience is unique. All
2: right. I have graded your exam. You have passed. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Wow. I didn't even know I was being graded.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely an A. All right. Well, Nick, thanks for, uh, being a sport with the final exam there and a- answering those five questions. I think we've come to the end of our uh, podcast and uh, appreciate everybody who joined us this week and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.